0: <laughs> okay. right, that's it. These are uh, signs that look very similar to the ones that you'll find in Philadelphia. The graphic design is the exact match, uh, but it's a little
1: bit different, a little cheeky. Philly artist Kid Hazo is installing street signs. Not official ones, even though they look real. The messages he creates are funny.
0: Yeah, so it's a sign, and it depicts a stick figure tossing out paper on the other
1: side, or near a trash can, but not in a trash can. And it says, don't act like garbage, throw out your trash. Kid Hazo makes what I like to call comedic street art. From parody street signs that mimic real ones, to bigger, almost sculptural installations in the public space. And this is a milestone year for him. It's the 10-year anniversary Yeah.
0: Literally a 10 year anniversary, yeah. first sign I put up was March of 2013 and so this year has been sort of uh, thinking about all the things I've done in the past and how I've grown, but I want to keep it
1: really simple for the 10 year and go back to the start. Lucky for us, as he installs his anniversary series, we're going to go along for the ride. And yeah, it should be fun. Last from the past. Why do we create on the walls around us? From French cave paintings of horses created some 17,000 years ago to political graffiti on the streets of Pompeii, humanity has always longed to make art for everyone to see. The art we share is essential to who we are there's no better place to see this in practice than in philadelphia it's the birthplace of the modern day graffiti movement home to the largest public arts program in the nation and is often called the mural capital of the world this is art outside a podcast from WHYY about the art in our public spaces and the people who create it i'm your host conrad benner And for the last 13 years, I have been documenting these artworks for my blog, Streets Department. I didn't go to art school, and I've got no formal arts education, but I did grow up in a city that, over the last number of decades, has consistently turned its streets into an outdoor gallery. From works that are commissioned, like murals, monuments, and sculpture, to those that are non-commissioned, like graffiti, wheat paste, and stickers, all of it offers a mirror to the city and our communities. In this episode, we talk with Kid Hazo, who's basically Philly's own Banksy, about why he got into street art, and how he developed a playful persona while being completely anonymous. You know, I want to start with the elephant in the room, which is this podcast is going to sound quite different than all the other episodes in this season, and probably pretty different than like most podcasts people listen to, and that's because we'll be disguising your voice. Um, So, Mr. Hazo, let's talk about that. Why are we disguising your voice?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's always been fun to have the mystique of the character. Ten years ago when I created this, I really just wanted to focus on, uh, you know, a mysterious artist and not focus on the person. And it makes it a lot more fun to focus on the art than actually people worrying about
1: who I am, what I sound like, what I look like. Even though Kid Hazo keeps his identity a secret, his work gets people talking. Almost everything he does seems to go viral. One of his most famous installations targeted a common enemy in the city, the Philadelphia Parking Authority. They're so controversial, they even got their own TV show.
0: This is an expired meter. Three minutes off and they come and get me.
1: But the funny thing is, their own employees park illegally all the time. So Hazo decided to call them out in his signature way. And so
0: I thought, you know, I was like, man, this would be really good to catch a PVA car in the act, you know, parking illegally while giving out tickets for people parking illegally.
1: Right. This is Those who cannot do a ticket. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> right. like, we finally find this car on, on South Street. And I was like, perfect. So I'm going to park across the street. I had like a hoodie on and it's super hot out so I come out and it's like black hoodie and like black mask it looked crazy right and I had this big trash bag and so I walk across the street and as I'm like walking across the street um I see the, the PPA person like you know they get out of their car they're walking on this side and uh and so I walk up to the car and it was like the perfect moment I was so excited and I had this big black trash bag with the piece inside so I take out the bag and I like pulled the piece out like also unchief it you know like (laughs) a sword and I staring there just reveling in this moment and I had this gigantic windshield size windshield size ticket that I had made out of this like corrugated plastic like really firm and and it had like it looked like a ppa ticket at the date the month and the, the year when it was done and I slapped it on the windshield and I just stood there and I was like yes this is it so for this gigantic comically large ppa ticket on top of the ppa
1: card it's not you copying and pasting or photoshopping you designed your own mm-hmm. ticket to look like a ppa ticket and it had your signature mm-hmm. what did it say like hazzo something yeah
0: it's like uh, it a street art department and <sighs> like you know it was yeah it's like it like said like my name on it had the logo on it and then yeah slapped it on there of the violation, the big big blue
1: and white violation uh, box at the top that you always see. So this is one of those posts that went super, super viral. The Inquirer wrote about it. People still talk about it to this day. But the PPA also had a reaction, but immediately, because as soon as you put it down, we see the guy start walking towards us. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it was on South Street on a Sunday, right? And it's like in
0: the middle of summer, so there's a lot of people out there. And they just, like, didn't really know what was going on. But then as soon as they saw, everyone took out their phones and just started yeah. snapping away pictures. Uh, and then the, the yeah, the, the PPA officer comes back to the car. And
1: they're not, they're famously not known for being kind. Right. Well, I, like, ran away.
0: And then there was someone took pictures of them taking the, it was, like, I, I think that was the best shot. There was a picture of the PPA officer taking it off the windshield and putting it in the back of the car, it had like a sort of sour face on it, you know, where everyone was like, ah, guess, like someone got the PVA.
1: Before social media, there was a lot of mystery around street artists, but now it seems most of them are pretty public. Many have a ton of followers on Instagram and TikTok where they offer a behind the scenes look into their lives and art careers. Still, for Hazo, the mask remains. But there's another more straightforward reason for his anonymity. Keeping his identity a secret helps him stay out of trouble. At the end of the day, you're doing work that is non-commissioned. You know, you talk about um, being anonymous because uh, you want to make it about the art, but I'm sure part of it also, just the same way a lot of other street artists, particularly before the modern era, where like, now street art's beloved, you know, anonymity creates a bit of protection. You know, is that part of the reason why you're anonymous as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps to, you know, do the things that you want to do, especially when you're spoofing ads or corporations, like it's just easy to sort of come up with a thing and then make it more difficult for anyone to call
1: you out for it. Over the years, Hazo has added some clever tricks to his bag in order to avoid unwanted attention.
0: I was doing the work, initially
1: installing it at night.
0: Right. And then I would do it in the middle of the night. And then I. Uh, you
1: could not look shadier by right. doing something in the night. Like, well, exactly. You want to get noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's right. like, just
0: like, you shouldn't do this at 3 a.m. And I, I thought, you know, it's probably a little dangerous. I shouldn't do this. And so. Then I was studying sort of what was happening and, you know, in the UK, they just have like, you know, like literal like cameras everywhere. Right. And so the idea for them to be able to install this in the middle of the day, and especially the lot of stuff the Banksy did, uh, they had to dress up in, you know, construction uniforms or like they, you know, belong there. And then they could sneakily install a piece and then walk away. And so that sort of hiding in plain sight idea, I was like, okay, this is actually let's see if this works. So uh, you know, I grabbed this Dickies overalls mm-hmm. and, you know, made it look a little dirty and
1: then, you know, I had a bandana and a hat. Literally, you just look like a, a sign replacer. Right, yeah. Where, city people, city, uh, center city people were just walking by you. being would be like, hey, he's doing his job. Right, <laughs> exactly. And actually, one of the city workers helped uh, throw the
0: trash away. And I thought that was so interesting because the contrast of, you know, when I'd walk to work in the morning, I'd be dressed nice and business casual. Uh, sometimes I'd wear a tie, right? And, uh, and then when I had this sort of you know these overalls on how people completely ignored me for a while i was like wow this is uh you know kind of crazy how society you know will treat blue collar workers where they just sort of act like they're invisible you know in a way and i was like okay well you know that worked really well so i think that's the move
1: we witnessed this process firsthand when we went out with him to install some of his original signs in addition to his usual coveralls and a bandana over his face, Kitazo had a backpack full of some simple tools. Yeah,
0: just uh, prepping some of these bolts to put onto the signs to attach them to the poles. Just want to line up the right size here. Typically, it, may, it should take me about maximum 60 seconds to install a sign. In and out. Real quick. I don't want to attract too much attention. Make it look like, you know,
1: I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. I'm like a city worker. I remember the thing that struck me originally about your work was when I saw it online, I thought, okay, that's probably like cardboard or something. And then when I went in person, I was like, oh, this is like real street sign material. So you went from like nothing to very complex installations, even the early street sign stuff. Yeah, they're real. They're all real, and they're like printed material that they
0: last, right? Right. And I wanted them to be able to last on the street, so I'd like play around with a couple things, and then I was like, oh, this is actually how you would make them. And the the print will stay on the street, not fade for a long time. And can you talk about, like, how those are installed? Yeah, so uh, essentially they're the same uh, length and width of an actual street sign uh and so then you sort of take carriage bolts and and put them on there bolt them on and uh
1: yeah that's it just uh sort of put it up and walk away (laughs) coming up on art outside we'll talk about how kid haso got into street art and developed his unique style and what keeps him motivated after 10 years that's after the break This is Art Outside. I'm Conrad Benner. How did Kid Hazo become one of Philly's most talked about public artists? His journey started way back when he was an actual kid growing up in Philadelphia. How would you describe your life growing up and like who were you, who were you growing up? Yeah, I guess I was a very,
0: I was a kid that, you know, always did his own thing. I never really fit into different groups of people, uh, especially in high school. I mean, I don't know how many people had good high school experiences. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely didn't, uh, you know, really fit into any of those groups there. And I sort of were, I was always off doing my own weird thing. And I really liked, you know, the hip hop culture of of breakdancing, DJing graffiti MC, and like I was really into that and there was not a lot of people that were into that element of it so I always like street art because it is made for the public you know and it's something that the public can enjoy and something that I felt like I, I could do basically anything I wanted to so I think feeling that you know my creativity is being suppressed for so long that I really just decided to do a lot of things and that was one of the personas that I came up with. Where I was like, okay, you know, I think I want to give this a shot and have fun with it. Speaking of Kid You, how did you pick your name? Oh, yeah. So uh, in hip hop, uh, the kid sort of prefix is very, very well known. It's sort of a thing that happens in hip hop, and you have like DJs like Kid Capri and you have like, like Kid Rock. <laughs> no, gosh. All right, I'm dropping it. Dropping the kid now. Thank you, Conrad. But yeah, the the kid sort of um, that was you know that's a, that's a thing in hip So I went. I was like, okay, the you know the fun aspect and the you know the child, like as you you mentioned, the humor uh, you know, like the joyfulness of mm-hmm. that, right? Um I wanted that. So I, I started with the kid and then I was like, oh I'll just say let me see Kid Hazel, like the
1: hazard and Hazo. So I just went with Kid Hazo. Right away Hazo created his niche, making a kind of street art that no one else in Philly was really making.
0: I, I was always good at, at mimicking things, right? Mm-hmm. So I could look at something and mimic it in a different way, and I think that's what the the street art Uh, signs are like interesting because they're so simple right they're pretty minimalist signs but you know if you can just mimic it in the perfect way where you just don't uh like people won't notice it at the first glance I like that idea I like sort of like you know integrating to the environment where uh you know it's a little sneaky and a little Mm -hmm. stealthy and so you know that idea is just pretty fun especially because street signs are something that people will Walk past all the time, you know, and they just don't pay attention to them because it's just something that's constantly telling you what the rules are And you know, it's just something that's just so mundane. You're just like, ah, oh, you know, you look up I can't park here. I can't do this. I can't do that And then you know, if you see something that's blended into the environment, and you know, if you're actually paying attention Which is something where a lot of people are just on their phones all the time walking around the city I think that was the bonus for we could get people to be distracted from their phones instead of being distracted by their phones. That they, you know, will get a little bonus in their day if they sort of looked up and, and paid attention to what was going on in their
1: environment. After his original street signs took off, Hazel was unstoppable. He started experimenting with larger-than-life installations, poking fun at outdoor ads, other public artworks, and even city institutions. Like the one that he did at the oldest art school in the country, the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts. One of the ones that I always think back on, you took the Klaus Oldenburg sort of paint <laughs> dollop and turned it into something. So on, on North Broad Street, uh, right at PAFA, there's a big Klaus Oldenburg statue. It's a paint stick. Outside of the art school, there's a huge sculpture of a paintbrush created by the late Klaus Oldenburg. And then on the ground, there's a dollop. And what did you do with that? So the dollop looked exactly like the poop emoji. You said it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it was just really funny and too easy to create the poop emoji eyes and the smile. So that morning we went there. uh, We put it up, (laughs) but just slapped two eyes on it and a smile, and it—you know—it was obviously it was an orange uh, doll. So, yeah, that was a fun one because it was just too easy to slap that up
1: there. Uh, I think people like that one a lot because they were like, I knew. Yeah, that's exactly what that looks like. It, you can't not see it now. Yeah. It looks exactly like that emoji. <laughs> that was one of those ones with your installations, with a lot of the street art, but particularly with yours. Like I usually go out in the morning and I just get so excited about what you've done that I have to. You know, you drop me off at home or I'm, I run home and I. Get the post up immediately, and that is one of the ones where I remember. Like by the, even by the time the post went up, people were like, "I'm gonna run over there," and then they'd be like, "It's not here anymore." Yeah. It's really common now for artists to start by making non-commissioned street art and then move into commissioned work with brands or galleries and museums. Many of them go full time even, but Hazo maintains his anonymity and sticks to the streets. You might wonder why he goes to all the trouble. Just creating street art that's joyful is important to you. Can you talk about that a bit more? Why is it so important to just create... You could be doing anything with your time, but you're making, like, comedic street art just to make bring smiles to people's faces. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's just having something silly or, you know, seeing something that's just lighthearted and just nice to change up your day. I think it's important that, you know, we're always laughing and we're always having a good time. People have pretty hard lives, you know, depending on what's going on. And if they can, you know, that one little thing just changes what they how they feel.
1: Sometimes making someone smile is reason enough to create.
0: You know, I think that's really important. I mean, yeah, people can put up really horrible things and hateful things, but, you know, this... It makes it fun because it's something that everybody can enjoy.
1: Next time on Art Outside. We are about to
0: get some spray paint on the wall. And get some uh, new art added to this side.
1: We're talking with El Toro, a muralist who's also one of the founders of Philly's hand drawn sticker scene. We'll hear why he got into street art. Was moving to the US hard then? It was. It was. Basically, like I was the 1% Asian in that whole community or the whole town. And I think that's where mm. art became my best friend. We'll meet his signature character. I've been describing him as like a male Hello Kitty, which is also cute and kawaii, but also has a little mischievous side to him, a little bit of vandalism side, you know, make it a little saucy. And find out why he recently came out of anonymity. Before, I was not comfortable to share that, just because I don't want you to think XYZ, but I think now that I'm more comfortable in where I am and who I am, I think it's just healthy for me to show it and be present. That's next time on Art Outside. This is Art Outside. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. Our producers are Michael Alcott and Michaela Winberg. Our engineer is Charlie Kyer, with engineering help from Al Banks, Tina Kalike, and Adam Staniszewski. Our executive producer is Tom Grassler. Our theme song is Snack MF Time by Snack Time. Our tile art was created by El Toro, a.k.a. Justin Nagtalon. Special thanks to Louisa Boyle, Naomi Brito, Aubrey Costello, Grant Hill, Mike Mihalik, Alejandro Miyashiro, Sarah Moses, Mike and Scott, Jason Andrew Turner, and Kayla Watkins. Art Outside is a production of WHYY. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.